Come in. Mr. Rick and Mr. Danny, you're needed on stage in two minutes, guys. Yeah, we'll be right there. Just a minute. Our favorite part is about to come on. Here it is. I'm Casey Kasem, and this is the American Top 40 Countdown, counting them down to number one. Now we're up to our long-distance dedication. A fan writes, Dear Casey, I'm writing you today in hopes that you can play me a song. You see, I'm a fan of the Hell Mean Power Hour, and this week is a special week for them. It's the 25th episode. Not only that, but it's their first Christmas episode, and they are approaching their one-year anniversary. Hell Ming has become an important part of my life, and I look forward to new episodes and listen as soon as they come out. Casey, could you please play the Flash Gordon theme by Queen for me and tell the Hell Ming Power Hour congratulations? Well, congratulations, Rick and Danny, and the Hell Ming Power Hour. Here's your long-distance dedication. It's the Helming Holiday Special. Starring J.J. Abrams, Alan Alda, James Arness, Matthew Tangen, B. Arthur, Lucille Ball, Darren Wilson, Bob Barker, Jeremy Finch, Candace Bergen, Mark Allison, Milton Burrow, Tom Brokaw, Dave Z, Carol Burnett, Sid Caesar, Diane Carroll, Bo Ransdale, Johnny Carson, Dick Cavett, Duncan McLeish, Dick Clark, Don Cornelius, Bill Cosby, Alicia Newman, Howard Cosell, Walter Conkrank, Ellen DeGeneres, Dennis Weddington, Walt Disney, Bill Donahue, Port Psyops, Roger Ebert, Peter Falk, Jeff X and Cootie Martin, Farrah Fawcett, Tina Fey, James Gardner, Michael and Lori Jones, Jackie Gleason, Kelsey Grammer, Ryan Nicklo, Mer Griffin, Andy Griffith, Larry Hagman, Jim Henson, Bob Hope, Larry King, Michael Landon, Brian and Jamie Sammons, David Letterman, Susan Lucci, 
Dick Martin, Lorne Michaels, The Witch, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, Carol O'Connor, Lee Russell, Regis Philbin, Gene Roddenberry, Mr. Watson, Fred Rogers, Roseanne Barr, Martinado LaHue, Jerry Seinfeld, Rod Serling, William Shatner, Andy Blockley, The Smothers Brothers, Aaron Spelling, John Stewart, Ed Sullivan, Ted Turner, R.J. McCready, Barbara Walters, Joss Whedon, Betty White, Flip Wilson, James, Katie, and Jesse Story, Oprah Winfrey, and Henry Winkler. Musical guest, Bay City Rollers, Shaka Khan, Johnny Cruz, The Blues Brothers, Chick Korea, Randy Newman, Taylor Swift, and a whole lot more. Here's Rick and Danny. Thank you. Thanks for being here, people. Oh, look at you. Hey. I'm glad you made it here. Corey Feldman, good to see you, man. Hey, hey, Corey. Did you bring the family? Oh. Oh. Oh, hey, look at you. You're looking good in red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back there in the back. Hey, everybody, we want to welcome you to our very first holiday special. Who would have thought that just a few months ago, we were sent here to blow up your planet. Now, you've given us our own show. (laughs) It's funny how the holidays can change people's minds and warm up their hearts. You know, we also have a holiday season much like that back home on Mongo. Oh, yes, I do miss the festivities. I guess the best way to describe how similar we are to you guys here on Earth is to share this season in song. What do you say, Danny? That sounds terrific. Hug the Herald Hawkman sing Christmas special of Helming for and funny songs 900 million can't be wrong as more rocket ajax flies princess aura always lies she's not gonna be on the show cause she is a lying girl hark the herald hark men sing merry christmas from helming There's no sign of flash in the air we 
it, Ajax. Baron laughing, thun is spazzing in the throne room right now. Dale will soon become Mrs. May. Wedding bells, wedding bells, it's wedding time here in Mongo. Incredible show. Lots of special guests. J.J. Abrams is here. Alan Alda. James Arnes. Matthew Tangen. Hey guys, we've already done the guest list. Well, so, uh, uh, uh well, that's, is there anything else on the cards? No? no. You got any, uh, you know, uh, uh Welcome to the show, people. This is going to be a good time. A lot of people here. Uh, Are we ready? Guest. Uh, Are we ready? Give us the wrap-up sign, please. Uh, they're standing out ready. Um, so, congratulations for being here. It's, it's yes. uh, going to be a great time. Yep. And uh, hope you enjoy it. And we got special guests, special songs, all that kind of good stuff. I think we're going to make a cake. Yeah, Absolutely. So stick around. Uh, We'll be right back after these words from our sponsor. The Helming Holiday Special is brought to you by Spatula City. They sell spatulas, and that's all. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Mongo, December 25th. The tributes of the Hawkman will be first. Sí, sí, sí. 
ice jewel of Phrygia. We seized it in battle from the royal crypt. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Ten Below. Friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch turns to snow in my clutch. Too much. He's Mr. White Christmas. He's Mr. Snow. He's Mr. Icicle. He's Mr. Tenderloaf. Friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch turns to snow in my clutch. <laughs> He's too much. Stop! The ice stool is our tribute. Not Boltans! I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Heat Blister. I'm Mr. Hundred and One. They call me Heat Miser. Whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. I'm too much. Helming. All right, everybody, welcome back. Man, this is going to be a lot of fun. We've got a super special guest with us. I've been talking with this fella for a long time. I'm a big fan of the show he's on. You probably know him if you listen to the podcast Under the Stairs. Funniest guy on podcasting, I think. I'll throw that out there for you, boss. It's the great boss. Everybody give him a hand. Yeah. Yeah. Hola, my sexy little tax dodging, tea ruining, <laughs> colonial cousins. How are we all? <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. So yeah, man, teapots. I remember back, back uh, the way that uh, Hell Ming got started was, you know, you had uh, the podcast under the stairs that was out there, and then Denny and I put a new podcast together, and we called it uh, the the new podcast under the stairs. And uh, they weren't too happy about that, so they they changed their name to the podcast under the steps, and we just said, you know, we're we're tired of this, and we went to the Helming uh, Power Hour, and then they changed their name back to Podcast Under the Stairs. Just a little history for you guys if you didn't know anything about it, but uh, yeah, that was down to Duncan. He's a bit of a prima donna that way, Ricky. You know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, we have Duncan on the show quite a bit. With this is the first time we've had the Boz on the show, and I've been waiting for this day for a long time and it's taken forever to find the perfect show the perfect show to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and the perfect time of year to have the boz on the show with us episode 25 man so you're celebrating quarter of a century with us <laughs> your silver jubilee ricky your silver jubilee sir <laughs> you know i think that you you picked out the perfect word and it was the word perfect Right there. This is the perfect show. There's there's no fat to be trimmed off. There's there's really no um no extraneous storylines. It just tells the story of of life day. And uh man, I'm glad that I had to watch it twice. I think perfect storm is probably a better <laughs> term to be using here, Danny. <laughs> yeah, there's a storm. In in pure spinal tap form, we've used this a couple of times. Uh if you don't like this show, uh the boss picked this out, so. 
<laughs> I did. Yeah, this was my suggestion. <laughs> uh, so all three of us are huge Star Wars fans. No doubt about Guilty it. Guilty as charged. Guilty we, as charged. We love the Star Wars stuff. So to do something a little different instead of getting locked into trying to talk about every movie and go through the whole galaxy and all this stuff, we picked a rarity for you folks. We're actually going to talk about the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. Emphasis on the Ooh. word special. <laughs> <laughs> like licking the window special. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and in the typical form of the specials of the 70s, you know, it started out with the whole, and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Hold on, man, I got that. The Star Wars Holiday Special, sponsored by General Motors. People building transportation to serve people. People building transportation for other people. All right. <laughs> people building starships for Han Solo. God bless Reagan's 80s boys, eh? <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> so, yeah, and, man, this this show, uh, to give it a little history, we, we decided this show didn't need a synopsis because it's crazy enough. You couldn't make a synopsis up for this Joker. No, you couldn't. This thing was released in November 17th in 1978. It was shown... One time. <laughs> it was never shown again. It is a totally cocaine-induced work of labor, I guess. Uh, there's no words to describe this thing. So uh, we're going to have a blast digging into this thing. And, and my first indication that we were in trouble is when I heard this at the beginning. The Jefferson Starship. <laughs> Yeah, that, that floored me, I've got to say. <laughs> um, at the start, um, obviously we had used to be Star Wars, you get, you know, the scrolling text that you get at the start of every film that just kicks everything off. And we don't get that in this one. You get this geezer talking over the top of it. Right. And he introduces these guests. Now, I'm assuming that most of them were pretty big names in, in US TV back in the early 80s or something. Initially, I didn't recognize any of them. Later on, I realized who one of them was. But basically, at the start, the only ones I knew were Jefferson Starship. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's a weird choice. You know what I mean? They probably had nothing else going on. You know, they're just, hey, you guys want to come on and, and do a funky video and we'll throw it on there? I mean, music videos weren't even a thing. It was, it was you know, 12 years before that. Yeah. Or maybe, and, and I'm maybe just glad years. they didn't use White Rabbits, do you know what I mean? Because it's the only song of theirs that ever gets played anyway. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good point. Well, my thing was, you know, again, it's that cocaine-induced, hey, I know people, hey, you know, their name is Jefferson Starship. Let's get them on the show. Now, you couldn't get Kiss, you know, you couldn't get somebody that's at the top of the game of the time, right? You get Jefferson Starship, who used to be Jefferson Airplane, so... uh yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, could have been it could have been Starship. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> we built this city. <laughs> we built this Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> we built it on rock and roll, boys. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, man, kicking this thing off. <laughs> you can tell, Ben, it was on a, a, a Star Wars special. They went all out on the effects. Yeah, most of which I think were just stolen from episode four. There was a lot of reuse, wasn't there? Yes, yeah, a ton yeah. of it. Well, all the stuff that was any good was was taken from episode four, and then you got a bunch of blue screen technology. You know, allowed them to have Cirque du Soleil on a 
on a space chess board, you know, doing all kinds of crazy hijinks for Chewbacca's son. But I'll tell you the first thing I've got to, I got to say about this. And I think that you, you're going to agree with me. I don't know who made the decision to have the first 10 minutes of the show be in Shirawook, being like the Wookiee language with no translation or subtitle. Yeah. But they got really old really fast. Yeah, it's pretty hard to follow at the start. And I'm sitting there waiting. I'm like, is there going to be subtitles or something comes up here? You know, I mean, I get that she's doing the dishes, but there's quite a lot of conversation happening between them. Right. Yeah, not a single subtitle. So you literally just sit there watching Wookiees growl at each other. Right. The other thing that was weird as well is, you know, they live in a tree. Why have they carpeted their apartment? Exactly. It seems a bit of a waste. And they know. got all that furniture up there. I wrote that down. I said, do you think if they if they had the computers and 70s space technology, they wouldn't live in, live in tree huts? <laughs> yeah. In fairness, they, they do have all the mod cons in their house. You know, they've got all, smuggling is clearly paying well for Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not short of technology, decor. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the father and the old man's basically living there as well. So they've got like a granny flat thing built out in one of the one of the branches. The kids get everything they could wish for. Yeah. Tell yeah. you, man. Han Solo's co-pilot. It pays well. Yeah. Not a bad gig. But yeah, the first 15 minutes sounds like this. For 15 minutes, folks. <laughs> it just keeps going. It, until this moment, I didn't realize just how, how heartwarming the music was supposed to be there. You know, like... Like, oh, it's just a family day at home. And and you don't need words to understand this familial love. You know, it, it, no, you need words, man. <laughs> it's the beginning of the show. What's going on? Yeah. There's yeah. only so many times she can stare at that little picture of Chewbacca. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, Danny, you mentioned the weird circus troupe thing that comes out <laughs> the the 3D holographic chessboard. Right. Did you notice that the cat playing the little horn thing looked a bit like Emperor Ming. Oh, it it, it did kind of look like Ming's throne room too, with with yeah. all the the brightly colored costumed guys like rolling out there. The only difference is Ming doesn't doesn't make people juggle. <laughs> yeah, the worlds collided, man. <laughs> I've got it wrote down that it says circus hologram. Even the Wookies aren't impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I came into this, and, and I, I will be honest, I, I was born in 74. I, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars and saw it with my mom several times in the theater. When this aired, I definitely didn't see it. But I was familiar with all the characters because I have a children's book that when my kids were young, they used to ask for, you know, at least once a week. And, and I would groaningly, you know, get, give it to them about Itchy and Lumpy and Mala and, and Chewbacca trying to get home. And it was a different story, but it had all the same characters and kind of the same plot. Really? And it's terrible. It's just as bad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that, Danny. Actually, what, what, a book that I have in the house is uh, like <laughs> an encyclopedia of the Star Wars universe type thing. Right. Right. But it was pre Phantom Menace. So it only includes the original trilogy yeah. and then a lot of the book series and stuff that came out. But I remember flicking through it and there was the photographs of like Lumpy and Itchy. And I'm, yeah. I remember thinking, no, they're not drawings. 
knew where all these <laughs> photographs of other Wookiees come from. I actually only found out about this holiday special about two years ago. Um, obviously, it was shown in America. It was never shown in the UK at all, ever. But the town, the town where I grew up had a big uh, US naval base in it in Scotland. So I went to school with a lot of American kids, and I do remember a lot of those kids... I mean, I was 73, Danny, so same time, and I was obsessed with collecting the toys and stuff right. when I was a kid. Um, and a lot of the American kids would have toys that we couldn't get over here. There was a lot of stuff just released for the American market, but I never remember anybody talking about this this film ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a big yeah. hat's off to the guy on YouTube who has done the, the kind of re-rendering of this. Did you yep. guys watch the account, the Star Wars Holiday Special YouTube channel thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Because the guy's done a great job. I had seen little clips before, and it was all distorted VHS stuff. You know, the tracking was all shot to hell and all that. Yeah. But the guy has done a pretty good job, actually. It is watchable. I was going to say that early on, because you listeners out there, you're in luck. Because, you know, up until this point... This thing was lost. I mean, unless you yeah. knew somebody who had a VHS uh, copy that they probably got themselves, you had no luck. But it's it's on twice. The whole special is on YouTube twice in two different mm-hmm. forms, and they're both really clear. So lucky you! <laughs> it's you it's get the to best share thing we can say about it. It's really clear. <laughs> it's really and it's, clear. And it's free. <laughs> yes, yeah, free. The backstory of this is when it was released. It bombed so badly that they never showed it again for any other reason. They never released it on video. It is a still typically lost, except uh, with the world of, the, of YouTube and so on, that people post those things out there. So the only way you're going to see this is if you go to YouTube and watch this. It uh, Even to quote George Lucas in an interview, they asked him about it, and he said if he could find a sledgehammer, and find every copy. He would destroy every copy that there ever was or ever is. So this has no love. <laughs> yeah. I know he almost kind of refuses to acknowledge it nowadays, Lucas, I think. Yeah. Which I think is a bit of a shame, do you know? I mean, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. But it's still Star Wars, man. Come on. Do you know That's what right. I mean? There, there has to be a little bit of love in there for it. So the whole point of covering this is because us being diehard fans... We can't sell you on points of why you should watch it, but if you're a completist, you want to see this just to say that you did. And uh, yeah. we've got tons to talk about with it, so that's kind of where we're coming from with this episode because it is some big <laughs> ball of mess, man. <laughs> Here's a good thing about it: it's got the original cast. I mean, Han Solo, you know, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels. James Earl Jones, they're all in there. Shaka they might Khan. not be in there very long, yeah. you know, R2. Yeah, did you notice they didn't mention Kenny Baker right. at the start when they were reading it out? Because they mentioned Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, but they say R2-D2 as R2-D2. I'm thinking That's- Kenny Baker had too much self-respect to put his name to this project. <laughs> you know I mean? I'll roll yeah. about in the R2-D2 suit, but do not put my damn name at the start of this, you know? <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't notice that. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, I know. I think uh, obviously Kenny died earlier on this year, you know. Right, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I was wondering. I don't know. I've not checked up online. He may have played the part, or they may have just did something else in it, kind of thing. But yeah, they don't mention his name. Yeah, he's not really in it very much. So they they might have even just had 
a drawer that one of those remote control ones. Yeah, he actually have to. He doesn't really move about in this, does he? Well, he's only in it for what, like two minutes. Yeah, and yeah. and it's not even him. He's just kind of in the room with Luke. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know that you need an actor for that. And they they had to save all their their money for you know high priced guest stars and special effects and dancers. <laughs> dancers. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell oh, you, the man. dancer budget was almost as high as the as the. Uh, unnecessarily ruthless star trooper budget. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, I, I guess I always knew the, the star stormtroopers are bad guys, but I didn't realize that they like, you know, go into a kid's room and smash their toys for no real good reason. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Hey, you like this thing? Well, this thing's gone. What do you think about that? And of course you can't say anything because they don't talk, but that, that particular scene with the um, the Imperials are basically searching Chewie's house, looking for him kind of thing. And you see Danny, there's like a little lump. He's going into his room and he's playing with his new toy. And this stormtrooper, <laughs> you just see the legs enter the room and stand there. And like, This is like one of these after-school predator warning kind of sh- films, you know what I mean? Don't talk to strangers, kids. Don't talk to stormtroopers that come into your room, kids. You know? And then what he did with the kid's toy was actually worse than anything else he could have done, to be quite honest. I was genuinely upset at that. Yeah, me too. So the description of these these Wookiees, because they don't look as good as Chewbacca. (laughs) So you got got Itchy, who has one tooth. (laughs) Looks pretty stringy. He looks like he smoked 40 cigarettes a day for most of his life as well. He's got a lot of nicotine staining in his fur. Right, right. (laughs) And you got Mala, who is Chewbacca's wife. And then you got Lumpy, who for the life of me watching this thing, I kept saying, man, in the face, it looks like Gary Coleman. It just, it looked like Gary Coleman. <laughs> Thanks to the, the Wookiee storybook, I can I can give you a little bit more on the, the uh, Chewbacca family, too. Great. Hey, Lumpy and Itchy, you know, Mala's name is Mala, but but Lumpy and Itchy have longer names, kind of like Chewbacca's, and, and Lumpy is named Lumpawa Rump. Oh. Which I don't know if that's better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and itchy is it a chick chuck yeah uh, and that's in that one he he uh he tries to find wasaka berries so he goes down to the nother world which is like a swampy area at the bottom of the trees and he gets caught by a whole bunch of monsters that don't look all that threatening and uh <laughs> they have to go save him but but uh, until the point where he goes to the nother world it's it's kind of the same story well you know we were talking about luke skywalker a while ago to me he looks just as bad as these wookies do in this program man Man, he, he looks like he got just the same haircut as the Wookiees got or something. Well, and, he, and his hair is so bleached. Like, w- was he on some other project where he had to look Corvette like he was Summer. a sunbaked loser or something? Corvette Summer. That's all I'm going to say. What okay. was that, Ricky? Was that another film Mark Hamill yeah. was in, was it? Yeah, about the only other one he was ever in. So The only one I remember, he was in a film called The Big Red One, which was a World War Two, Right. The U.S. Army type unit thing, a kind of poor man saving Private Ryan about Tom Hanks, but Luke Skywalker was in it. That's the only one I remember. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but what I I particularly liked about it, I kind of wondered how they were going to work all of these stars into the show. And basically they just (laughs) use a kind of pre-Apple FaceTime. You know, to, to like video call them, right? You yeah. Know, so there, looks working haplessly, working on the engine of his X-wing, which obviously R two D two manages to blow up, and um, yeah, then he gets FaceTimed off a of Mala. I'm assuming, though, in fairness, 
they wouldn't have called it FaceTime because it's like a Wookiee equivalent. So I'm assuming it was something like hairy FaceTime or something like that. <laughs> Wookiee time. <laughs> Wookiee time, you know what I mean? I was definitely going to say, when you mentioned how how uh, how the, the Chewbacca family are kind of balling with technology, you know, I was going to say they have at least four different, like, you know, galactic ham radio stations around the, the place, you know, that surprisingly don't get found when when their their house is ransacked they've got one on the mantle and they got one behind the books on the bookshelf and there's and also they're talking to people in wookie and it doesn't really you know like the dialogue is hey you know i don't speak wookie what's the problem yeah uh, is it chewbacca can you pantomime this because because i don't speak wookie why are you calling me so you're watching the opening of this and like i said for 15 minutes there's not a word you understand, and even Luke has a problem understanding. I got a clip of that. Where's Chewbacca? Wait a minute, one at a time. <laughs> my yeah, my favorite bit into the computers was though there's a bit where Mala's trying to find Chewie, so she fires up this computer that is like something out of NASA Mission Control, right. and uses it to check the traffic. You know what I mean? It looks like it could launch ICBM missiles. You know what I mean? And she fires up some traffic app on it. Mind-blowing, honestly. Way ahead of the game, man. No, they really were. They really were. And then it snaps away to Art Carney in his salvage shop or whatever it was. Yeah, so who's he? Tell me who he is, because I have literally never seen that have man you, before in my life. Have you ever watched, uh, remember the old TV show called The Honeymooners? No. It was Jackie Gleason. I don't think that came over here. Yeah, it's an old <laughs> 1950s show. And right. uh, he was on there. You, Of course, Jackie was, Gleason was like, Noyton, Noyton, I'm going to boom, zow, to the moon, that kind of thing. And then Art Carney played his buddy. Hey, there, Ruffy boy. You know, you've heard his voice probably in cartoon <laughs> characters. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah, the yeah. rough. You know, he talks like that. So he's one of those early TV pioneer guys. So, yeah. So here you go. If you know the Flintstones. You know, yeah. the Flintstones are based on the honeymooners. Yeah. And Fred was like was like the, the Jackie, Jackie Leeson Lisa. character. And so Barney is like the Art Carney character. You know, he would come over and hey, hey Fred. That's right, Fred. Oh, I mean it's kind see. of the same voice. Yep. He now was you're talking old... my language, gents. Yeah. Well, Art... yeah, I mean it's it's golden age uh, American television. And you know, I I don't know that I watch the honeymooners. I mean it's it's definitely one of the one of the formative shows on television, but you right. know, it doesn't get much of an audience now. Yeah, I, I refer to him in my notes as Trader Joe because I couldn't actually catch his <laughs> name and I didn't know who the guy was. So he's Trader Joe in my notes. Sure. Yeah. But what I loved about that scene, as as pointless as that scene was, how about <laughs> how about that Imperial Guard guy that comes in there that sounds like a like a molester? <laughs> a, I suppose you want to see my identification. No, I'm off duty. I've come to look around your shop. <laughs> Yeah, just I, there's far too much of that kind of influence in all the Imperials in this, isn't there? Yeah, it's yeah, just not right. But they're all just a bit with Darth Vader as well. Right, it's about three seconds long, and it's basically him stalking down a corridor, going, "We need to find the rebels." <laughs> we always need to find the rebels, Darth. It's kind of like your job description. <laughs> That's what you do, man. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's him going, and then we get these idiotic <laughs> mustache wearing. Pedophiles kicking about breaking into Wookiee houses and stuff. So, so, okay, I mean, just in case you want to watch this and you're like, what is going on? I'm just going to lay it down to where we are so far, which isn't very far. Chewbacca's trying to get home for his life day celebration with his family. 
his family doesn't know where he is and they're you know concerned about it so they call everybody up on skype the empire is looking for him and uh art carney's like a friend of the jubaka family and in the meantime you got like little skits and stuff going on where you know harvey corman plays a four-armed female cooking show host <laughs> that's that's on my notes uh harvey corman's third arm <laughs> Yeah, that was that whole bit was weird. Again, I didn't know who that person was, but there is five minutes dedicated to making Bantha surprise. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. Stir, whip, 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 stir, stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Wow, having fun. <laughs> yeah, he was he was on the Carol Burnett show. Yeah. I mean, he's Harvey Corman. He's he's one of those you know vaudevillian kind of comedic actors. You ever seen uh, Blazing Saddles? Yes. He's in Blazing Saddles. He makes he makes the Swedish chef and the Muppets look like Egon Roney. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, and it make you know, he shows up in three different places as three different characters, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's the he's in this the, movie. Yeah. In this yeah. show. He also reads out the instructions for Putting together Lumpy's the little, new toy. Yeah, the toy that he gets, and he's the guy on the TV that freezes and all it's that not stuff. The same guy. Same guy. And then he's also in the cantina, and he's the one that pours the drink in his head. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's where he is. Oh my god, <laughs> this <laughs> film works on so many levels. It's it. It really is an extravaganza, isn't it? It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's a holiday extravaganza in space. It really is. You know. Can, can I ask a question? Is, when did you see was it November 17th or something like that? Yeah. Did you see that it was shown? Is that Thanksgiving? That's right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, because obviously holiday special does over here holidays is Christmas. Yeah. But I know obviously you guys have the Thanksgiving the kind of month earlier. Now it's while it's taking all of these elements from episode four. They're really toned down, like in, in the movie, the, the 3D chess, you know, one of the pieces kills the other piece and tears it to bits and all that. Right. Whereas in this one, it, they do a circus routine, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's yeah. deeply sanitized. Right. Was this thing shown like in the middle of the day kind of idea? Is it something that no. kids would watch before they go for their dinner? Or No, it was, it was, it was at night. It was a, it was a, was it gonna... was a big broadcast show. Right. It's probably prime time is what I'm thinking, yeah. you know, like like the seven o'clock the evening kind of, hey, come on, kids, let's watch this special right. that's coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a different time, too. So, I mean, you think about all the Christmas specials, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all these things didn't have any violence or anything in there. So they had to keep it kid friendly back then, which you couldn't do the things you can do now on TV. So it's yeah. just, di- just a different time. I kind of have to go the opposite direction, though, and say, you know, that. Maybe it wasn't violent, but usually because of, you know, our Puritan roots, there's a lot more uh, censorship on the on the sex side than on the violence side for our shows. Right. And this was right opposite. (laughs) Yeah, And and like so this is for kids, you know, watching with their families. What's the deal with with uh, Art Carney, you know, no longer being the next door neighbor of uh, uh, of Jackie Gleason and and now being a Wookiee porn dealer? Yeah, that I was the strangest thing, man. Strangest that is such an thing. uncomfortable scene. It really on is. Every level. <laughs> so they're celebrating Happy Life Day. So you can take that for what it is. It could be Christmas. It could be whatever. You know, that's the Wookiee holiday, I guess. So he gets, you know, a gift for, for Mala, which is, 
I don't know. The, the, well, one of the, the little radios got Jefferson Airplane, the Jefferson Starship in it. Thanks for that, Art. <laughs> yeah, the whole purpose of that machine seemed to be to let you watch holographic Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Did, yeah. did it not do anything else at all? Man, I'd be wanting, I'd be taking it somewhere and trading it for, a, I don't know, a tennis racket or something. <laughs> or some good bantaloin. <laughs> so, yeah, so she gets that. And then the, the Lumpy gets his cool new toy that there's a whole scene with. But uh, Itchy gets uh, hooked up to this machine. It looks a lot like the telepathy booth in uh, Flash Gordon. So he sits in his thing. He hits a button. And yeah, man, Wookiee porn. Don't know how else to describe it. It's a very uncomfortable scene. <laughs> Between, there's, there's the weird kind of trippy music that starts at the beginning. Right. And then over here um, on our satellite TV, cable TV, we have (laughs) certain channels called things like Babe Station. And um, there are ladies on it. We'll call them exotic dancers. I think you can probably get the idea, you know. And you can phone in at an exorbitant rate and, you know, communicate with It's kind of like a weird VR version of that interposed with a kind of 70s disco music video yeah yeah it, it's it's kind of like an artistic kind of version of the of the scene from dreamscape where the the guy like you know <laughs> right has sex on the vr thing and then the guy plugs himself into it to try and watch it and it really is like she's she's using all the stripper buzzwords there with the you know this is our moment and this is your fantasy and i am your fantasy it's like why is this here? Yeah. Why is grandpa on this thing in the middle of this kids program? At first when it got going and it kind of got the trippy stuff going, I was like, okay, he's taking an LSD trip. He he gets, he gets to zone out for a while. It's his trip, you know, but then the chick comes in, which I can't think of her name right now, but she was popular at the time too. song and dance lady, you know, a lot of TV shows back then. And this thing just, it it just goes off in left field, man. <laughs> and it goes on it, it goes on far too long as well. I can you know say that just, about everything in this show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's true as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's the least erotic thing I've ever seen in my life as well. The very next scene actually is the one where we get to see Princess Leia and three PO, but right. it appears it appears that. Sort of in between the destruction of the Death Star and getting to Hoth, it would appear that Princess Leia has taken an office job. You know, just because <laughs> she seems to be messing about at her desk on her computer. Right. It appears like she was doing a bit of temping or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I just yeah. thought that was weird as well. Like, why is Princess Leia sitting in an office? Alone. <laughs> yeah, well, with 3PO, where that was the kind of thing. So that was a bit odd. And then they do the whole hairy FaceTime thing with Mala as well. Everybody <laughs> appears to know Mala, which is quite strange. You know, in, in light of the fact that Princess Leia's only met Chewbacca for about an hour and a half previous to this movie. Right. You know? That's true. They're all they're all familiar with Chewbacca's family. Maybe he yeah. talks about them all the time. We just don't know because we don't speak Wookiee. <laughs> the only thing I could suggest has possibly happened is that after the medal ceremony at the end of episode four there was like a big party that they got to take their family to. Yeah. You know, and he brought all the kids from home to the party. Look, I got my medal, you know, and they all get drunk and dance and stuff. That's how it worked in my head anyway. 
Itchy tries to, you know, feel up the uh, rebel soldier women, and then he just has to go to VR to get his kicks. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you make an excellent point there. She is all alone in that office, and the only thing she really seems to have to do is is talk to Malo when she calls. Like, oh, oh, hi. Well, I don't speak Wookiee, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets on 3PO for, for being the only translator in the movie. It's like, I think I understand what she's saying. She misses her husband. It's like, hey, look, look, you know, he's got one job, and I kind of wish he was in more of this movie. I kind of want to know what was going on there. Yeah. Don't you think as well that for, for a leader of the Galactic Rebellion, Princess Leia is extremely trusting? Because <laughs> basically she's talking to the Wookiee, Trader Joe comes on the screen, yeah, don't worry about me, big fan of the rebellion. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Down with the empire. And she basically goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. No worries, bye. And hangs up. Weirdest ending of a conversation ever, but I'm like, he could have been a spy, Leah. Right. You know what I mean? He could yeah. have had them held hostage, for all you know. But basically said, you know, up the rebellion, and you took him at face value. You're like, you, that's... That's why you didn't steal the Death Star plans. That's why you had to get your boss and spies to do it, because you're a trusting fool. But but Art, <laughs> Art Carney is so good, though, at delivering code words that let you know if he's on your side or not. Kind of like this. Here we go. It's on its way. You know, it was made especially for you by a little old woman four planets away. She did it all by herself. In fact, you might say she did it by hand. Solo. <laughs> 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 Man, he's a master of, yeah. you know, so she of did espionage. It by hand. Solo. Solo. I'm going to, well, at some point I will find that in my notes because I thought that was the best scene in the film. I thought his code talking, never mind getting your Navajos and all that to do your wind talking for you. Get this guy in. That's right. Just bring Art the Carney Nazis in. will never crack him. You know what I mean? Like, what about the cartoon in the middle? Didn't even make sense. I think they did launch a short-lived Saturday yep. morning cartoon show. And I think that it had some similar art, although it probably wasn't the same art because they get different people to do right. like serialized art into like a one shot like this one. And I, you know, Rick mentioned that it kind of looked like Bakshi kind of looked like a, yeah, the original Lord of the Rings or wizards. Yeah. And I meant to look it up, but I didn't. Uh, I don't understand why Boba Fett is riding the Loch Ness monster in it. Across what looks like, what's that crazy pink medicine you people drink over in the States? Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. So basically, Boba Fett is sitting on the Loch Ness Monster, gliding across a lake of (laughs) Pepto-Bismol. It's weird. It makes the whole VR porn thing look normal. (laughs) And at this point, though, Boba Fett wasn't even in the movie or anything yet. Hadn't hadn't come out yet. So this is the first time anybody ever saw Boba Fett in anything was in this cartoon. See, that's strange, isn't it? That tells me right there that Lucas knew what was going on with this thing. He claims that, oh, no, I had nothing to do with it. They're like, no, he he watched dailies every day. He knew what we were shooting. But in order for Boba Fett to be in this TV special before he even comes out in Empire Strikes Back, which hasn't come out yet, he had to have known what was going on. So I call you on that, George. Did Boba Fett appear in that cartoon show you were talking about, Danny? Yes. The show was called Droids, but believe it or not, this was even later on. That series came out after, it, it, it's either in between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, or it's even past Jedi. But uh, yeah. it, was, it was basically about R2 and C-3PO 
Yeah, and, and I do thing. remember droids. In fact, believe it or not, I was watching something on YouTube the other day after having watched this movie, and there's a guy has done a review of the first episode of Droids because there's a character in it that is basically Ray from episode ah. seven. It's the weirdest thing. She looks exactly like her, and her backstory is quite similar. Wow. Check it out. That's nice. Cool. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm just wondering how in the cartoon they got Richard Gere to play uh, Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> with his with his long nose and his squinty eyes, his eyes are squinted. Yeah, <laughs> looks like his face melted. It's terrible. Well, and, and like and C three PO, it's like it's like instead of having a like a gorget of metal that holds his hand on or his head on, it's like you can kind of see there's just like a wire holding his head there. It's so weird looking. Yeah, and it's good to know too. Like like you were talking about Princess Leia being trusting. And all you got to do with with uh, with Luke is you got to you know gaslight him enough and and say, "Hey, friend, I'm your friend, friend. <laughs> I'm your friend, hey, friend. Friend, come on over here, friend. You know, if you just use the word friend enough, he's like, I think that guy's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he seems a cool guy. Yeah, he he helped me away from that one monster. Come on, guys. Yeah, that that might not have been the best choice. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'll help you find who you're going for. Come on. <laughs> friend <laughs> what's funny is when you hear people talk about this special in any way the only positive that came out of it is people kind of liked the animated part this may be the highlight of this show <laughs> god no i think the I cantina the, oh, the, no. the song number in the cantina no no man. no 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 <laughs> b arthur is the most emotionally engaged character in this whole thing i really i really wanted her to have friends and Making sure everybody was okay. I, I really cared about. I Arthur. wanted to get shot. <laughs> she was the one that I recognized when she actually came on screen when she started speaking. I was like, "That's big B out of the Golden Girls." Right. It's the Golden Girls. That's right. right. <laughs> I will say that that with the possible exception of of Mark Hamill in the Giver movie, this is probably <laughs> the lowest point for everybody that was on staff. For a show, I think that's a pretty safe bet. The the thing I like particularly <laughs> about the the canteen scene is the way they introduce it, because basically the Imperials <laughs> who are in somebody's house, they're not at base, you know, they're not back at their camp. They've forced their way into a Wookiee's house to search for you know like um, members of the rebellion, and they then have to watch what appears to be a mandatory training video. <laughs> in the person's yeah. house about life on Tatooine, which is a planet they are not even on. Right. And this <laughs> then leads into this weird scene in the cantina. Like, <laughs> mate, could you maybe go and do your training elsewhere? You know, I'm trying to cook my kid dinner for life day here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how does your boss keep taking over my television like this? We've, we've commandeered your house so that we can show this random guy how they should act if they're ever on Tatooine doing some kind of imperial work. We yeah. hope you don't mind. Oh. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, fire safety. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that it's Carrie Fisher that gives the little the little intro too. Where it's like, and and meanwhile, a day in the life on Tatooine. I'm pretty sure it's Carrie Fisher's well, voice. You know what like happened? This is this is in episode four. When Darth Vader comes in there and they shut the door behind her and that robot floats in with the syringe on it, yeah. <laughs> they got her to record all their all their dialogue for their training videos. 
they made her watch and act in and sing in this holiday special. That's how they <laughs> oh, broke her. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> but yeah, man, the, the cantina in this thing, they tried their best, but really this cantina sucks, man. I mean, if it really looked like this when they did the movie, this is where you have to hand Lucas his props because you're using the same stuff, same aliens, all this stuff. If Star Wars would have looked like this special did, it would have flopped. <laughs> so it's, it yeah. just shows you right there that Lucas had definitely a vision of how to put these things together because it looks terrible in, <laughs> in this, in this uh, whatever this is, holiday special. You, I mean, you know what? You make, you make an excellent point that they were using the same special effects types as they had available. Right. For the movie, but you know, because instead of of going with traditional blue screen, you know, we'll have a backdrop and somebody walking across it, and then it'll be all hazy and foggy. And they used all the miniatures and they used all the the war footage type stuff for the movie, and it made it look a whole lot better. And I'm sure that they had a lot more time when they're making Star Wars than when they're throwing together a special feature to to release what like three months later, but. You're right. It's the same special yeah. effects method. Yeah. It just it's looks just, a whole lot crappier. Just the way they put it yeah. together. You've also got to wonder at what point they thought, do you know what the cantina needs? A <laughs> massive human-sized rat. Exactly. <laughs> that was a weird choice. Yeah. I, thought. I, I just like how she goes over and hugs it, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, giant rat, come on over here. Now get out of here before the Empire gets you. <laughs> as well when she bursts into the song do you notice the song was a weird hybrid it was like a slowed down version of the cantina band song right yeah they just with took the, the lyrical rhythms of those were the days my friend right Jesus. we may not thrive friend but we survive friend look we're alive friend you and I that's what you're missing folks if you want to see closing time done by b arthur in the cantina on tatooine (laughs) with a little comedic number at the beginning with harvey corman this is your chance (laughs) this is the film for you this is the film for you (laughs) and maybe the cartoon is the high point but i kind of thought that it like at least by this one it goes on a bit long, but oh, at least man. it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's almost like the song that never ends. It just keeps going and going. It's like, oh, she's they had done. to work no. every rubber mask across the screen, man. <laughs> it escorts them all out the door. She leads them all out the bar like an oversexed octogenarian <laughs> pie pipe and a hamlin. It's the weirdest oh. thing. Oh God! <laughs> All right, kiddies, you have to go now. <laughs> you had your fun. Yeah, it's it's something else, man. That's what I wrote down. How long can she sing this song <laughs> before somebody beats her to death? So we come into the wrap up phase, and 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 you know the stormtrooper breaks the new toy that Lumpy got, and and then he you know chases him out the door, and, and Chewbacca's there. There's a little standoff where the stormtrooper gets his gun smacked out of his hand. And instead of pulling his own gun, which Han Solo has, 
he just kind of like looks at the gun like, uh oh, I better get that before he does. And when the guy goes for the gun, he just trips over it and, and falls to his death out of this giant tree. <laughs> yeah. And so there, you know, and, and he guys, he was the only one left. All the other Imperials left. So problem solved. <laughs> Life day can commence. <laughs> They're not going to come back for that guy or anything. It's it's over now. <laughs> so it's time to hold up your snow globe and and go to to, to Wookie Land and and sing oh, a choral man. song in your red robe for Life Day, man. How weird was that, man? Then I'll get in the candles and holding them together. And I'm telling you, man, and they're, all, they're all dressed like Catholic monks, which was quite <laughs> weird as well. Yeah. So here you go, like on, and I'm just going to mention for a second that Chewbacca is not standing with his family when they show him. He's standing with with Leia. Right. You know why? Because she's singing this song. We celebrate oh. <laughs> a day of peace, a day of harmony. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Just like a freeze frame of just Chewbacca's face on the screen forever, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and then it, it cuts into the the loop theme. The da na 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 na. I mean, they were they were squeezing. It's like they found something. They they found a rock and they decided they were going to squeeze it as hard as they could to try and get blood out of that rock. And they ended up with a bunch of of really ill colored powder. <laughs> really <instead>. small rocks. <laughs> it's like. I, I can get blood out of this stone. If I had seen this movie, I would have fantasized about her a lot less as I grew up. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, seeing, her, seeing her do that vocal solo, how much must they have had to pay Carrie Fisher to do that? You know what I mean? You know, you know what, Baz? I don't know that I would have fantasized any less. So. Nah, you're probably right, mate. You're probably right. <laughs> Maybe even a little more would be like, she sings like me. <laughs> well, you I, like to, I like to think Lucas took Carrie Fisher aside and said, "Listen, love, we're going to kill your character off at the end. The Empire Strikes Back, but if you sing this song, we'll let you live till the third movie." Uh, so that's the thing. Do you can you visualize her singing this song in the slave outfit? So I can pretty much visualize her than not doing anything. And and as bad as this thing was, like I still had like a warm fuzzy feeling, you know, sure. taking me back to the first Star Wars movie because it was right after that, you know, right. and just yeah. seeing them all young again. I, yeah. It was it was it was a fun time. Like I can't in good conscience tell anybody that it's a good movie, you yeah. know, or that it's something that I would sit down and watch again. But I can say that I'm laughing about it now, and and it's just it's worth a watch just to say, man, I I watched it, and that was some crazy. What what were they thinking? Kind of stuff, right? I mean, I, I would say if you're a Star Wars fan, go and watch this just, just to see it. Do you know? Yep. What I mean, you're not going to go back to. I'll, I would doubt very much I'll ever watch this film again. I'm genuinely glad that I've watched it though. And I can say, oh, yeah, I saw that. And it's nice to come on with guys like you that are fans of the show and we can talk about it, you know, and have a bit of a laugh at its expense. But I'm really pleased I got to see it because, as you said earlier on, guys, two years ago, I had no chance of ever seeing this. Yeah. You yeah. know, because it never aired over here. So there's none of my neighbors have an old VHS tape with us on it. It never showed. But thanks to the uh, YouTube and in particular the guy um, who did the version that I've watched. 
Um, you can see it there in all its glory. It, it's awful, terrible glory, <laughs> glory, you know. But I'm glad I watched it. I, I had a good time watching it. Absolutely. And the chances of it getting pulled down are, are so slim because nobody's making any money off of it. So yeah, why not yeah, just leave it up there for free? They're never going to stick it out on a Blu-ray release. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> tragically, if they do, I would probably buy it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've there got you that go. <laughs> I told Lois, I thought about showing it to the kids today when I was rewatching it. And I said, but I kind of want the kids to keep a love of Star Wars. And I think they might, <laughs> this might become like a bad taste. Yeah, I, I smothered a bit watching it with my eldest, actually. And she, she's been a big Star Wars fan as well. Um, but I thought, actually, no, she would, about 10 minutes into this, she's just going to throw something at me and walk out the room. So I just watched it on loan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go, folks. If you like cocaine-induced TV shows where you can tell they really didn't know what they were doing. If you like not-up-to-par special effects based off of the name Star Wars, if you like Jefferson Starship, or if you don't <laughs> like Jefferson Starship, you may want to check this out. If you like if you like Wookiees that look like a, I don't know, a cocaine-blitzed Paul Williams, this is the show for you. <laughs> If you like cartoons that, that are seeped in Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> so let's do uh, our typical rating system here. All right. We're ready. So, Boz, like I said, the numbers don't mean squat. You just give it whatever you want to give it. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a, a warm, fuzzy, three predatory imperial pedophiles. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's for the Star Wars fanatics. It's worth watching, um, but if you're looking for character development, give it a miss. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to give it one giant rat that has to leave the cantina. Oh, getting a hug from B. Arthur. Ain't that weird <laughs> how we think the same way? I was thinking the same thing. Oh, one big giant rat. I can I can do something else. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. I got it. I got it. I want to give it uh, 24. Trying as hard as you can to be hip, Jefferson Starships. <laughs> hey, how about we give it 200 Boba Fett's riding on the back of the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> <laughs> that, could be the, that could be the catchphrase of what we named this episode. <laughs> you know what? That is kind of the coolest thing in the, in the thing. Like, because it is, it, it's kind of like Batman fighting a great white shark with a lightsaber. It's, right. it's like Boba Fett riding yeah. the Loch Ness Monster in a sea of Pepto-Bismol. It's, <laughs> man, I don't know who came up with it, but, but they were they were on the right track. They were on something anyway, Danny. I tell you that. They were on something, mate. <laughs> and as always, we always ask Brian Blessed, who is also Star Wars royalty, if you know it or not. So we always say, Brian Blessed, what do you think of the Star Wars Holiday special. Give me the remote control. Ah, oh. I guess he didn't oh. like it. <laughs> I don't think he liked it. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be right back. No trip to Earth would be complete without visiting the home of the man in red who rewards our earthly deeds. Hell? No. Santa's workshop. That's right, folks. We've secured an interview with the most mysterious holiday representative. The most difficult to find. The Easter Bunny? 
No, man. I said Santa already. You said Santa's workshop. And? We're not going to interview the Easter Bunny in Santa's workshop. But we could. Anyway, let's see if the man in red is ready to talk. Can I help you? Yes, we're here to see Santa. He's not taking visitors. We set it up in advance. He said we could interview him. <laughs> there he is. Santa. Hey, Santa. I think he can see you. Right this way. Told you so. I'm ready to find out these mysteries. You're an idiot. The reindeer barn? Hey, this door is locked. Well, we did find one thing. What's that? Reindeer poop. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Out. Oh. everybody back again gonna take some time right now to just talk about the holiday season being that's kind of what we're celebrating here if you get a chance and you're bored you can go check out the star wars holiday special but we're going to talk about some of the things that we enjoy watching during this time of year and uh danny what's some of your favorite traditions or movies or whatever you have to watch that makes it christmas i'm not stealing it from you because you're going to agree with me right away yeah i think that our shared favorite christmas thing is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Absolutely. I love it. You ever heard of that, Boz? It's like he's up talking in a different language, guys. I have no <laughs> idea what that is. You got Jim Henson, you know, who made the Muppets. Yeah. And, uh-huh. uh, and so his full-length feature film, and I think it was the first one that they put together, his, uh, his creature shop, his puppet shop did, was Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which is kind of like the, um, the, the tale of the Magi, you know, like... Uh, three wise men kind of thing. Well, the, the tale of the Magi is what the whole, like, uh, the two people don't know the other one's sabotaging the first one. And, you know, the, there's a there's a washtub, but there's no hole in the washtub, so <laughs> Emmett's mom can wash the laundry. And then there's a toolbox, so Emmett can do odd jobs, right? And they're like country folk otters that do work for people. So and they're otters. Yeah. They're otters, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. And his name is so, Emmett. Emmett Otter. <laughs> Emmett the otter. Yeah. Right, the, the, okay. The, the, the tale of the Magi thing is, you know, she ends up selling the toolbox for something and he ends up putting a hole in the washtub for something. And uh, and it's so they could both help They're, out the family, but they do it in secret. So what it is, is the son is wanting to buy his mama something nice for Christmas. So he tries to, uh, there's a talent show. So he puts a band together to play the talent show to win the money so he can get his mom a nice Christmas present. Well, 
she doesn't know that's his plan. She's kind of planning the same thing. She wants to get him something nice, so she goes and hawks off the tools so she can make a nice dress so she can get and sing get to sing a song in the talent contest. So it's it's one of those things. And uh <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I love it. I love it. Uh, I love the songs that Paul Williams did all the music. I'm a Paul Williams nut. And uh so Paul Williams did the music. It's Jim Henson's shop. Uh it's probably on YouTube, man. So you may want to check that out. I've got a uh, I've got two different versions of it because there's the original release that came on HBO Kermit the Frog did some little narration at the beginning. And when they released it later on on DVD and stuff, they had to take that out because of, I don't know, some kind of rights or whatever. So there's two yeah. versions of it floating around out there. Well, you know, at that point, Disney owned the Jim Henson stuff, so they, right. they might have. It's a good, it's fun, you know, because it's Muppets. And you know, there's, there are parts where they're all ice skating. And so, you know, the, the puppets are ice skating on this thing. And they, you can tell they have magnets underneath the ice or whatever. It's all really cool. And yep. uh, and there's a there's a band in the uh, the talent show called the River Bottom Nightmare Band. Yeah, so that's the great or thing about it. Band. You think you're gonna get this big happy ending where something works out and they both win the prize? No, man, they both get beat by a rock band. <laughs> 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 so, uh, but yeah, the you got Chuck, who's the bear, and the band is like a snake, a lizard, or, or a, a frog, a weasel, and a bear. And they're the rock band called the River Bottom Nightmare Band. And uh, I've got and the, the snake clip. plays bass. <laughs> the snake plays bass. <laughs> and uh, Chuck, uh, I got this for Danny because he loves this. Look at the birds up in the trees. Yeah, well, we're not birds. We're a junk band. Yeah, practicing for the talent contest. Oh, sure. They're going to win the talent contest. Right, boss? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so everybody's scared yeah. of Chuck. And, uh, you know, the contest goes good. They get up and they both, you know, there's a bunch of people in the contest and everybody does a good job till the very end when this happens. the 70s and that. <laughs> we think what we want. We do anything that we wish. We got no respect for animal birdies or fish. fish. <laughs> so, you know, it's got tons of songs in it. It's goofy stuff. I just, I love it. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> and you know, just in case you're not feeling the love buys, you know, I, I gotta say I tried to show this to my family, my extended family and my kids last year. It didn't go over well. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how to respond to that one, guys. You just have to you check just, it out. You lost me when you told me it was about otters to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I check it out, you know, if you get a chance. I I think it's fun. If you like the Muppet stuff, it's you know, it's a little different. It's, it's a little more serious than most of the Muppet stuff, but I don't know. It's just one I grew up with. Yeah, we got rose. We got rose tinted glasses on that one. I think. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I still love it, but it's definitely dated right. in several ways. It's better just to like have a part of it and have people go, "What is that crazy stuff?" Than right. to, to make somebody <laughs> sit down and watch the whole thing. The uh, the dancing horse. That's I mean, when the, when the dancing horse is on the stage and it falls apart. <laughs> 
Oh, dancing ho- I thought you said dancing whores. You had me for a well, minute there, Ricky. Well, wow, you know, I'm going to check this out. When you've got a Christmas celebration going on, that's just one thing you have to have. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of Meet the Feebles, man. <laughs> true, true. There's another so, classic. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a he- So there's a bunch of them out there, man. A lot of different shows. Uh, I think uh, when I asked this question to the boss, and he brought up one movie that I think a lot of people have the answer to. That uh, is the same answer. You remember what that was, boss? No. What one? What one <laughs> Sorry, I've, I'm still a bit of a loss over the Otter movie. To be quite honest. <laughs> Refresh my mind, Ricky. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Die Hard. Oh yes, uh-huh. I mean that's yeah, but... that's a tradition too, man. I mean, that's one yeah. of those that has I to actually be watched. recently I entered a competition on a Facebook page. Um, it's a, a chain of shops over here. They do kind of high-end audio and visual equipment. And um, I think it was for like a one of these huge flat screen TVs or something. And basically you had to share the post or something. But in the comments, they wanted you to put what Christmas movie would you watch on it? And my response was, I'm going to say Die Hard, but only because I'm too embarrassed to say Love Actually. <laughs> Folk camp, don't, a lot of Americans don't believe this when I say, but like when I was a kid, we had three channels in our telly. Yeah. You know, and that, that was all we had. Um, we didn't have satellite and cable TV and all that in those days. And the, the, the British state-run channels, you only had three when I was young. Right. Um, but Christmas was good because at Christmas... The, the three channels would splash out and they would show a movie. Now, it was normally four or five years old, but it would be the first time that it had been on network TV over here kind of thing, you know. But yeah. every Christmas, it was always sodding James Bond, and I hate <laughs> bloody James Bond films. They're all the same. They're all absolutely identical and uh, this is back in the kind of roger moore days as well oh, so yeah, we had lost yeah. good, good old sean had gone and we had smarmy bloody uh, roger moore been james bond i always hated those movies but then sort of as i was slightly older they started showing things like raiders of the lost ark and stuff like that and i was always in my element with them so a lot of the films i can maybe associate with the holidays aren't necessarily christmas themed Right, but um, if you're forcing me down the Christmas theme route, I do love Die Hard. But I, I will freely admit to most years watching Love Actually. So yeah, it's, it's something that we can we can do uh, on the Facebook page if you want to. We can start a list of hey, what are the movies that, or the shows, or the music that are just have tos? It's not Christmas till this movie is played or this song is played or which I will say my favorite Christmas song. Is the Billy Squire Christmas song he used to do on MTV? Christmas is the time to say I love you. So it's not <laughs> Christmas till that, that happens. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Billy Squire at all, man. But, Are you can yeah. sound just like him, man? It's the Christmas album. He don't sound like himself on Christmas. Well, actually, my favorite Christmas song was uh, "I Believe in Father Christmas" by Greg Lake, who very tragically oh, passed yes. away about two days ago. Oh yeah. Um, and I was genuinely gutted by that. That is my favorite Christmas song of all time. Yeah. You have a particular song you like at this time of year? No. Okay. No. Christmas with the no devil. No songs for me. <laughs> I ain't no songbird for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, used, we used to sing Christmas with the devil all the time, though. Spinal Tap. <laughs> Christmas with the Christmas 
Yes, we're the, the devil. devil. Yes, Stockings Final are in flames. <laughs> There's someone up the, the chimney hole. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and Satan is his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Satan is his name. That was on Break Like the Wind, wasn't it? Break Like the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a couple of special things. I don't want to hold the boss up. He's a busy guy. But uh, a couple of things I just wanted to share. Uh, we asked for people to just post voicemails or how whatever you want to put out there to, to be a part of the show. We've got a bunch of them. I'm just going to highlight a couple of them right here so we can get going. But uh, I'll probably end the show with just a bunch of them, or we may do something different with them. But uh, there's a couple here I wanted to, I wanted the boss to hear with us. So here's an interesting one. You may know these guys. Hey, everybody at the uh, Hail Mean community. Uh, this is Bo Ransdell from Duncan and Bo uh, Come Correct. And this is Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. That great show, and you may know me as well from Hero Hero Go Show. And you may also know me from Chronicle Podcast, my side podcast. Uh, well, and I, you know, of course, do the Shodcast, which is the video game podcast, so you may have heard me there as well. Um, one of the guys over at the Midnight Horror Show, live radio show every week. And yeah, I mean, I think everyone at this point kind of understands that we do a bunch of podcasts. And I do Opera Omnia with Andy Blockley. It again, great show, but I, I we got it. We got a thing to do here. So enough. and rock and real reviews Dan- for all the music and. All right, everybody knows how busy you are, okay? <laughs> Jeez, Pete, we're, we're here to tell everybody uh, at Hail Ming Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and you're doing your resume like you're asking for a job. Ho, ho, hold on, Bo. <laughs> no. That's about as good as my jokes get. <laughs> it's good enough. So, uh, Danny and Ricky, uh, obviously, we, I, I think I can speak for Duncan when I say... Uh, we love you guys. You're incredibly nice. You're like the, they're the nicest guys on Legion Podcast for sure. Oh, by all, by all accounts, they are some of the most active posters on the the, the page. Um, always super positive. Always really engaging in a really positive way. Whether it's to give you feedback on your shows or to come up with ideas for their shows. Um, just two of the nicest guys. And podcasting in general. Yeah, and the show itself is so good. Like, I think I can speak for you when I say we look like two real pieces of human garbage in comparison. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, would lo- I, I was I was looking for the button that says Hail Ming, but realized that you were actually telling the truth there, Bo, so I can't press it. Right. Uh, and uh, we should steal that because that's basically what this show is. It's just taking the best of other shows. Uh, thanks uh, for everything you guys do, and, and thanks to everybody in the community. Like you guys have just one of the best uh, groups that uh, follow your show and, and contribute and all that stuff. You guys are amazing. I hope you have just the best holiday ever. Yeah, all, all the best to you and yours and all your listeners out there. And very much looking forward to more Hail Ming Power Hour in 2017 and beyond. And remember that you can also check me out on Doing the Nasty Podcast. That's right, Duncan, Bo. Not the time. Not the time. <laughs> Doing the Nasty! And that was almost as long as B. Arthur's song. Honestly, he's such an attention-seeking whore. Honestly, not not Bo Duncan. Obviously, I, mean, I have a lot of respect for Bo, but um, no, McLeish. He's just terrible, man. He's absolutely terrible. You hear the kind of jokes he comes away with. That's why he has me on his show, guys. 
I'm the, the comedy genius behind that thing. You don't hear me arguing, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I appreciate them doing that, man. You can tell they were having some fun with it. So that's good. Uh, that's my boss, the Ayatollah of horror, as I like to call him. <laughs> uh, I got another one here I really like. Uh, you know the witch, right? From Australia? Yeah, the Australian. The yeah. witch, yeah, but dude. He sent one in these. too. Here you go. This is Mick Crocodile Dundee. And when I heard <laughs> that the Hail Ming Power Hour were doing a Christmas special, I was reminded of the time that I met Santa out in the outback. He was out there telling everybody everything that he had in his sack. So I dropped my dax and said, that's not a sack. This is a sack. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm not welcome back in the mall. Anyway, happy and safe holidays and see ya. <laughs> oh, love that guy. He, uh, honestly, the, the, the witch, I think, uh, is the only cruder person in podcasting than me. <laughs> Um, he's he's a filthy sense of humor. He's a funny he's, guy, uh, man. Yes, he is. indeed. Yes, he's indeed. funny. So I really like that one. Now this one is from Lee Russell. He's from uh, They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, which is a, a I love their show too, man. It's a great show, and uh, <laughs> he uh, he wanted to play in the game that we normally have here. So this is pretty interesting. Hey, Ricky and Danny, it's Lee from They Must Be Destroyed on Sight podcast. Longtime fan of the podcast. Love the stuff you guys do. Putting this in for your Christmas episode. Looking forward to see what you have in store for us on the Christmas episode. Should be a lot of fun. You know, guys always do a great job. As it seems to be tradition with this podcast, doing terrible impressions seems to rule the roost around here. So I'm going to leave you guys with a little song. I'm going to do my absolute worst impression of Randy Newman. And uh, I'm not even trying hard to be bad at it. I'm just bad at it. But I'm going to leave you this little song called You Got a Friend in Ming. So Merry Christmas, guys, and we'll Get a friend see you in me. on the interwebs. Oh, no. <laughs> you got a friend in Ming. <laughs> you got a friend in Ming. When the planets look rough ahead, and your middle light you from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your dictator said Minion, you got a friend in me Yeah, you got a friend in me Oh yeah, boy That's right, boy You got a friend in me You've got a friend in me If you fight rebels, I fight them too there isn't anyone I wouldn't destroy for you. <laughs> we did it together, we could see it through. Cause you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Some other fools might be a little bit inferior than I am. Smiling weaker too. But none of them will ever rule you the way I do. It's me and you, boy, enslaved <laughs> as the years go by. My world ship will never die. You're gonna see it's the destiny. You got a friend in me. 
You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You better believe it, boy. You better watch your flash, Gordon. <laughs> what if we started? <laughs> that was actually better than the B. Arthur song in the tattoo, the tattoo cantina, wasn't it? <laughs> Another favorite of mine we've got here. Uh, if for the listeners out there, you know, we did the uh, the Demon Show a few episodes back for Thanksgiving, the perfect Thanksgiving movie, and uh, we've got a holiday message from uh, Tony the Pimp. This is Tony from Hank and Tony's Gym and Escort Service Emporium. I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy New Year, and all of those wonderful holidays. Keep in mind, our Black Friday sale has been extended for the entire month of December with the use of our promo code, Holy Shit, She's a Friend of Mine, down at Hank and Tony's Gym and Escort Service Emporium. Happy Holidays, folks. Oh, that was marvelous. That was just Top notch. That's court psyops. So, <laughs> yeah, he came on the show and he and he started talking like Tony. We were like, man, that's perfect. <laughs> oh, so yeah, man, we we've got a lot of these and, and we're going to post them throughout the show. It's just been a lot of fun, man. I'd like to say, guys, uh, I'd like to thank you for letting me do this movie. Um, I know, Ricky, when we spoke about it initially, you kind of wanted to do the the, the six Star Wars movies, you know, and. I just didn't have the time. Uh, right. It was, I don't know how the hell I came up with this idea, but I did say, to you, you know, what about if we do the holiday special? Thinking you would tell me to go and, you know, shove it kind of thing, you know, and we'll get somebody else <laughs> on to do the six Star Wars movies. But hats off to you guys. You agreed to do this, and um, I will be forever thankful. I have an absolute blast covering this film. It's been great. Oh, man, it's been fantastic having you. And, and it's a chance for us to get to watch it too, because really we haven't paid any attention to it either. Yeah, yeah, it was my first time to see it, and and thank you so much for that. Like, you, we're glad to have you on, and it, I hadn't met you before, so I was kind of, I didn't know what to think, or you know, I'm super glad you came on with us, and we're always willing to work with you. I mean, the only downside is bound to be if we're not familiar with it from our past, then we don't have this nostalgia to pull from, where we go, oh, and the first time I saw Mala, you know, like. <laughs> we don't have any of that. So it's it's just our reaction to something that was made that many years ago on, you know, in a, in a short time frame with uh, with obviously bad writing. So uh, you're here with us and we're here with you and we're all enjoying it or not together. Yeah, exactly. right. it's been a blast, guys. Yeah. I've had a really good time. Thanks again. So Thank it's you. another milestone for me to have have the boss on the show. And while we're here and all three of us still here, just want to say happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas to you folks. Hope you enjoy your time with your families. We've had a great time. If you're sitting around listening to the show, then we appreciate that and just wish you all the best. Happy holidays. Yep. Happy Christmas to everybody. Uh, and in the, the, my best Scots twang, have a good hug money as well. <laughs> that, that's New Year. <laughs> For anybody that didn't get that at all, that's New Year in Scotland. <laughs> and also, nice. if, if you're having trouble understanding the bars, then we will have uh, translations in PDF form that you can pick up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, how do we do subtitles in an audio podcast, please? <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, appreciate you coming on, buddy. It's been a pleasure, Ricky. Thanks, uh, and you, Danny, as well, mate. Thanks for having me on, guys. From all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll see you next time. We celebrate a day of peace. 
everybody. Man, we just want to say thanks. Uh, appreciate everybody that sent in messages. We've got a bunch of them. And uh, basically here at the end, uh, we're just going to turn them all loose. That's right. We're going to turn you loose because you got to do it your way. Or, <laughs> or no, no way at all. Way at all. <laughs> hey, we just, we're so thankful that you guys come by and listen to what we have to say about this, that, and the other, about movies and uh just the rants that we end up doing and we really appreciate you guys and we want to give you airtime you know we're hoping that the fact that uh we're up here gives you an opportunity to say merry christmas or happy holidays to whoever you have to talk to out there so to kick us off from our buddy rj mcready we've got a message that says a big hell mean christmas to you guys keep up the great work on your show the podcast community has been a highlight for me in 2016 so and no, that's, those are strong words. Twenty sixteen <laughs> needed some highlights. Absolutely. So, uh, with no particular order, here's the rest of our guests. Everybody, Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you later. Ta ta. No, it's not Emperor Ming, but I wanted to steal it because I think it's the best introduction ever in the history of film to any character, and I mean that. And while we're at it, put down your weapons. No one, but no one, dies in the palace without a command from the Emperor. Bolton! You obey, or you sacrifice your daughter. Hey, Ming. Okay, this is Dave Z. You may or may not know me from such fine podcasts as the one I host, Exploding Heads Horror Podcast, and... I also appear on the Skeleton Crew, Banana Laser, and the ABC's A Hidden Horror. And I just wanted to say happy holidays to everybody listening, to the listeners, nobody in specific except for you guys, and um, I guess Black Phillip. Uh, I'll wish Black Phillip happy holidays because uh, I'm kind of obsessed with the dude. And... Um, Hope everybody's having a great show and great holidays and all that good stuff. Um, I was going to say more. I was going to get into more specifics, but really, guys, your appetites are too dangerous. I refuse. Peace. Hey, Ricky and Danny, it's Lish here, just wishing you guys a happy holidays, and thank you for all of the laughs. I look forward to many more in the following year. Bye, guys. Hi, everyone. This is Brian. And Jamie. 
your hosts for Dark Regions Radio, and two-thirds of Evil Episodes and the ABCs of Hidden Horror Podcast. And we're here to tell you a Christmas horror story about how we survived the nightmare before Christmas. It was a silent night. Deadly night. A real black Christmas. We were stalled while setting up a Jack Frost figurine. One of those rare exports. When we heard what sounded like gremlins running all through the house. It certainly wasn't Santa's sleigh. I thought, what if it's Krampus or some other Christmas evil? Fearing that this silent night would become a bloody night, we dove into the closet and posted a sign that said, Don't open till Christmas. There we waited, expecting Santa Claus... Get it? Claws? Like, grrr. ...or his elves to ruin our silent night. When we heard Mike Merriman... Our co-host of Evil Episodes... ...exclaim, To all a good night! So, what was the point of that story? That there are a lot of good horror movies to watch at Christmas? <laughs> okay, I can live with that. Well, anyway... Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everyone! And, and have, have a happy New, New Year's, Year's Evil! Hail Ming! Hey everybody, it's Court from Cinema PsyOps here. Just want to wish everybody a very happy set of holidays. And to once again ask everybody to take care of themselves and make sure that you are celebrating as safely as possible out there, folks. Take care of yourselves so that we can have you all around for the following year and all of those festivities. Hey, Big B here. Just calling in to tell Rick and Danny, all the special guests and all the listeners, I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. This is Mark Nato from the HorrorCast. Just want to say uh, thank you to my buddies at the Hail Ming Power Hour for putting together such a great show and um, for just being informative and funny and interesting and uh, for keeping it clean. I appreciate that, man. I can I can listen to your podcast with my kids in the car. And uh, I'm hoping for uh, great things from you guys in 2017. More great episodes like Buy a Bag, Go Home in a Box, Don't Touch It, It's Evil, and Ice Hole. I can't wait. Uh, I'm going to be listening. Hopefully we can hook up and... Uh, uh, Walshy, Revenant Vin, Horror Gal, Susan, and myself. Uh, love you guys and wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much for um, helping us out a few weeks ago with our Academy Awards. Make sure you say hi to, uh, to Rip and to Randy. Have a great holiday. Hello, fellow minions. This is Jeremy Finch. You're a mean one. Mr. Finch. You may recognize me as the voice of Ronald Reagan, The Count, Wolfman Jack, David Bowie, and various other voices on commercial bits here on the Helming Power Hour. I just wanted to take this time to wish all of our loyal listeners and your friends and families a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa to our Canadian listeners. Happy Boxing Day, eh? Happy Feast of Winter Vale, Happy Hogs Watch, and a Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Whatever you may celebrate this time of year, Happy Holidays, 
and a happy new year from your friends at the Hell Mean Power Hour. And thank you for listening. is about hell men. If that boy was in my jurisdiction, I'd arrest his ass so fast. But I'll leave that business up to Flashy Pants Gordon. You boys have a happy new year. i see you in 2001-17. Pepper out. Cootie, open hailing frequencies to War Rocket Ajax. I'm afraid I can't do that, X. What do you mean? Just open the hailing frequencies to War Rocket Ajax. I'm afraid I can't do that, X. Is this, is this a mutiny? You're going to shut down the ship and send us to Jupiter and beyond? Cootie, open the hailing frequencies to War Rocket Ajax, and that is an order. I'm afraid I can't do that, X. Why not? Because I'm in the bathroom! My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And on behalf of everyone here at Kiss the Goat, we want to wish everyone on Mongo a blessed Yule and a happy holiday. Hail, Hail Satan. <laughs> Hello, kitties. <laughs> this is Mark Allison, a longtime friend and follower of Rick and Danny's. I want to wish them a very happy holidays and a big congratulations coming up on their one year anniversary on the Hail Ming Power Hour. It's, uh, it's a great show. You guys are great, great guys, and just want to say keep doing what you're doing. Hail Ming. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and a happy new year. I just wanted to thank all the uh, loyal citizens of Mongo for being awesome throughout the year and tell everybody a Merry Christmas and keep it weird. Hey, Ricky and Danny, it is Johnny Krug here, just stopping by to wish you both a very Merry Christmas this year. Happy Holidays. Hopefully you guys get everything you asked for, especially from Santa Claus. Unless you ask him for an indecent proposal, like One Night Alone with Mrs. Claus type thing, he did not like that. But uh, otherwise, he's usually a pretty laid-back guy. So from me to you guys and your families, I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. This is Jane. This is Katie. And this is Jesse. And, and we, we want to wish all the Hail Ming Power Hour listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, Rick, Danny, and whoever might be guesting uh, this week. Uh, this is Ryan with Abnormal State Theater. I'm currently freezing my tail feathers off out in my vehicle on my lunch break. To record a message of goodwill for you guys, it is snowing outside rather heavily. Uh, this is the first big snow we've had here in southwest Pennsylvania for this year, and uh, certainly won't be the last. Anyway, um, I wanted to thank you guys for providing countless laughs and uh, a great deal of happiness for me this year. Um, certainly for 2016 we all needed a diversion uh, with all the crap that's happened all the people we've lost and um, other developments and I found out about the Hail Ming Power Hour in a rather roundabout way uh, one of the people we lost this year of course was Vince Rotolo with the B-movie cast back in April 
And whenever that podcast went on hiatus, I was also listening to Monster Kid Radio with Derek Cook. He played a promo for Cinema PsyOps. So I started listening to Cinema PsyOps. Court, in turn, played a promo for the podcast Under the Stairs. So I started listening to Teapots. Then Duncan played a promo for the Hail Ming Power Hour, and I'm pretty sure that um, I heard one of the podcasts that Rick guested on. I can't think of which one off the top of my head, but in any case, you all know what happened next. And really, whenever it comes to beautifully engineered and executed lunacy, you just can't beat Hail Ming. You guys, with the sketches, the commercials, the songs, the impersonations, the sound effects. I mean, it all just comes together for one fun ride every two weeks. Uh, one of my favorite sound effects has to be the time machine. And it's funny because, really, anytime I hear that sound effect, the one thought that basically crosses my mind is, what if the TARDIS, with its very distinctive sound effect, suddenly started sounding like this? The look on the Doctor's face, especially the Doctor we have now with Peter Capaldi and those attack eyebrows of his, the look on his face would just be absolutely precious. But that's just me. Anyway, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for all the laughs, all the fun. Keep doing what you're doing because not only does it entertain folks like me, but it inspires me to keep on keeping on with my own podcast, uh, Abnormal State Theater, which is uh, available on iTunes, and also at the uh, at my blog, which is Abnormal State Theater Podcast. .blogspot.com I haven't updated in a couple of months. I'm working on maybe getting a mini-sode out at some point this week before uh, the release of Rogue One and um, I'm hoping also to get a new episode out in January. We'll see how those plans go. Uh, between family problems and health issues, you know, the podcast has been derailed a few times like this, but I refuse to give up. Uh, and it's guys like you that uh, tell me that I'm on a righteous path as far as that goes. So, again, just keep it up. Thanks so much for everything. Here's to a great 2017. Let's face it, after this year, the only, the only way it could go is up. And I'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey, you two knuckleheads, it's Joe Parker from the Hybrid Moments Podcast. I just wanted to take a minute to wish you both a very happy holiday. My best to you guys, your families, and all your listeners. I hope you guys stay safe, warm, and uh, get everything you wanted under the tree. But most importantly, I hope you all avoided a visit from the Krampus. From what I understand, he's not a nice guy. I'm looking forward to the next episode, uh, but to be honest, I haven't seen the Star Wars holiday special in, God, ages, so quite a bit of it's already been deleted from these old memory banks. Um, but I'm quite sure that you guys are going to do it justice. Uh, just the fact that you guys have the Baz as a guest host is certainly going to make things um, interesting. <laughs> interesting in a good way, because you guys are two great tastes that are absolutely going to taste great together, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, in closing, let me give you guys a big giant Hail Ming along with a Merry Christmas. So, uh, from Joe Parker, 
Uh, and all of me here at the Hybrid Moments Podcast, uh, take care. Oh yeah, my friends. This is Mr. Watson from the Horrorphilia Network's own Horror Corridor. And I'd like to take a minute right now to formally wish both you fantastic hosts and your wonderful listenership a Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday Season. Now, I got into this podcast fairly recently and Ricky, Danny, let me tell you, you're doing tremendous work. It was the Evil Dead episode that I first heard and I've found myself positively hooked ever since. Now, if you listen to the upcoming Christmas episode of Horror Corridor, I mentioned how impressed I am with the podcast in general, but particularly the Facebook group page. Now, it wouldn't be inaccurate at all of me to say that I came for the podcast, but I stayed for the memes. You've got a great audience who clearly understands what this show is all about. Other shows, mine included, go for the nostalgic episodes here and there, but yours is a podcast that is entirely crafted around that nostalgia factor and people definitely love you for it. Thanks for putting out a quality show that makes us all feel young again. Ricky, Danny, once more, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Hail me! Merry Christmas, boy. Christmas is a time to say I love you.